Hey, what's up? What's up? Uh, it's me. It's Melissa. I'm home. I'm back in Wilmington for a short time only. Uh, I made it back from London. Uh, I honestly, I'm trying to think of the last podcast I recorded. I think it was a very sleepy one. I'm sorry about that. I think even before I got jet lagged, I knew I was going to be jet lagged. And I've been jet lagged for like three days. Oh my God. Oh God. It was, uh, I finally got a decent night's sleep. Um, it's been a really awesome couple of days. Um, I know in my last podcast, or if you didn't listen to it, I'll recap very quickly. I was not looking forward to coming back to Wilmington. Um, I felt like it was like going to like throw off my mojo and everything was going so well. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to take a couple of days in Wilmington. Like, I just want to be in New York and start like moving things along. Um, I really wanted to do that instead, but I think right now in my life, at least it seems like things are really happening with, with a reason and really things are happening to help grow me as a person and coming back here was necessary. Um, first two of my dearest friends were in great shows that I got to go see. Uh, Amber was in, uh, love loves labors lost say that five times fast. Uh, Amber is one of my dearest friends. She's my roommate. Um, she had not been on stage in 14 years and she got cast in this show as Catherine and she crushed it. She was so great. She crushed it. I'm so proud of her. And she's going to be in Urinetown, which I'm going to miss because I'm going to be in Spain and Jordan. And I'm upset that I'm going to miss it because I know she's going to be so amazing. And my other friend, Bo, guys, if you don't, if you don't know Bo, you got to know Bo. Bo is, he's, he's been in theater in Wellington forever. And I met him during a show. We met in the Laramie Project, like two, three years ago, it seems so long ago, um, that we met and we became re- really good friends. And I have seen Bo probably in every show after that. Um, I always go to his stuff. And this last show, he was in Little Miss Sunshine, the musical. He played Steve Carell's character, uh, Uncle Frank. And he blew it up. Oh my God. Like anyone that's seen Bo in anything, if you didn't see Little Miss Sunshine, you missed out because it was peak Bo. It was so good. He was incredible. Um, now that I have given all of the praise to my friends, like, like just so proud. I'm so proud to know them. They're, they're great people and they were wonderful in, in these productions. And I'm just so proud of them. Um, I also got to check out, uh, I can't say the name of this play is really long. It's an original play. It's like Django Salvatore's wonder circus extravaganza featuring ralph i know that's not right but it's pretty close it's something like that and uh my good friend aaron hunter was in it and my friend sean sprott was in it and um a few other really awesome people in wilmington were in it and i went and i met with my friend chris miller we went and we sat in the audience and we watched together and it was so funny and so heartwarming and such a great story i don't know the writer but it was it was really really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, just a weekend of theater in Wilmington, one of my favorite things to do. And I'm so glad that I got to see those shows. And 
the other thing that I didn't realize at the time, I went to all these shows, and since I know a lot of people in the theater community because I've been involved in theater for here for a while, um, I kept running into all of like my lady friends, like I, you know, well, some on purpose, <laughs> some I ran into on purpose, obviously, like like uh, Chris is one of my, my my good friends, and she's moving back to Delaware to be closer to her fa- to her family, and um, she and I planned to go see um, Django together. And then, of course, I knew Aaron was in Django, you know, um, but when I went to see Little Miss Sunshine, I ran into Rebecca Carmichael, who was a stage manager. I worked with her fiance, Jay, on Lizzie. Um, I ran into Linda, Linda Marcus, who I was, I was in Book of Liz with and worked on Lizzie with. And we both then had this moment of like, oh, my God, it's you. So we ended up sitting together and watching Little Miss Sunshine. And then I saw Heather Stetzler there. I saw Kira there, um, Kira Stenson, and, and she and I were like should we like grab a drink and we went out and we we had we had drinks and we hung out and i'm trying to th- i don't want to leave anybody out so um if i if i ran into you and you're listening to this and i don't mention your name please don't take it personally like i said i was very jet lagged this weekend um so then on um yesterday i went to see love's labors lost i have to say it like that or else i'll get tongue-tied to see amber and my friend jen who i did book of liz with was was coming was, was coming to that show too. So she and I got to sit together and we got to talk and, and then she and I went out and grabbed and grabbed a drink after that. And that was really great. Like, and it was so, it was so great. And this is pretty much like the summary of what I'm going to be talking about today in this podcast is Jen and I were talking and we were waiting to get tacos at this, at, at satellite block taco. Amazing. I always get the Brussels sprout, ta- Brussels sprout tacos and they're so good. Um, so we were, eat, we were waiting for our food and like talking and this guy like came up out of nowhere and like tried to join our conversation. And we were talking about something personal and he came up and tried to jump into the conversation. And it's like, it was, it was like the, the typical, like, I'm going to try to talk to you kind of thing, which is fine. Like, Hey, you know what? Come up and try to start a conversation with me and my pretty friend. That's fine. But like, Jen said later, she was like, oh, when he came up, I was just like, oh my God, go away. Like, I only have 45 minutes with her. And I thought that was just like such a like telling and powerful moment. Like us two, like we two friends and females and women were like, hey, dude, go away. (laughs) We only have an hour to hang out before I fuck off for eight weeks and I don't get to see her. So I really don't want to spend my time talking to you as you, you know, fumble and try to like get one of us to like be interested or something and I said sounds mean it sounds mean and maybe in a different mindset she or I would be more receptive to it but in that we're like dude we're busy bonding go away <laughs> it was great and and so I myself have been going through this this like I call it um this, this realization about vibes over vision. And if you've ever listened to my podcast, you've probably heard this before, but if you haven't, I'll tell you what it is. Vibes over vision. In the past, I cared a lot about, and honestly still care a little bit about, what other people think of me and how they perceive me and how they perceive what I'm doing and what it means that I do the things that I do and what it says about me as a person. Um, I used to, and sometimes still struggle, with needing to control how other people see me especially men, needing to control it, needing to guide the, nar- the narrative. And in my mind, I think it was, you know, I really want to control how people 
perceive me. Like, I've already said that. Sorry. Um, let me think of a better way to rephrase it. In my mind, it's like, I want to know that I'm putting the best version of myself out there and that other people are seeing that I'm the best version of myself. But what it really is, and if you do this, think about it, what it really is, is a failure to let things kind of happen as they will. It's, it's focusing too much on how other people think and how they feel. And then if you've ever been in the situation where you've done something or said something or put something out there because you wanted it to have an impact on somebody else and you didn't get the response you wanted, you were disappointed and it took everything away from whatever, whatever you did. Um, I'm not saying I, I did that all the time, but I definitely cared a lot about what other people thought, especially guys. And that really got me into trouble when I was in relationships because I cared so much about their feelings and not enough about my own, which people that know me are like, that's not true. Like you, you, you know, you're, you serve yourself and you're selfish and you know, you, you go after what you want. And it's like, yeah, but I can't tell you how many times I've been with somebody and it became all about their feelings and it became all about me not doing enough for them or me not being enough for them. And I took it so personally and tried to to make up for it and try to be the best version of myself and did things like see look I'm, I'm being the best version of myself but what I was really doing was making myself feel like shit um like making myself feel like I wasn't enough and that's not on anyone that I've dated and that's not on anyone that has passed judgment on me and that's not that's not on anybody else that's on me like you know I and it's I think it's easy for women in general to feel this way where where we sometimes, we sometimes worry and care so much about other people and we want to mother other people and we want to, you know, prioritize someone else. And when we do that, but sometimes we do that because we don't know what we want for ourselves and we're not focusing enough on ourselves and we, we don't know where we want our life to go. Or, and if you're listening to this, you're shaking your head. You're like, no, I know exactly where I want my life to go, Mo. So that's fine. I'm not talking about you. I am talking about people who maybe have like a really hard time finding a partner and feel a lot of angst about that or feel upset about it or you know someone who feels like they never get what they want or they're they're being cheated out of something or you know that that the, the whole world is on their shoulders like I'm talking about that kind of thing and what I am learning is like and, and the question I keep asking myself is like, okay, when's the last time you did something just because it made you happy? When's the last time you did something because it made you proud of yourself without any consideration of what somebody else thought or what it would say about you? When's the last time you did that? And this is where vision comes into play. When you do things and a part of you is in it for the ego, in it for the attention, in it for the impact, you are just like paying tribute to a God that is never going to give you anything back. But when you do something because of the vibes, this is the vibes. I sound like such a hippie. I'm sorry. Vibes. Um, Creating the right vibe is all about doing things because you actually want to do it, because you love it, because it makes you happy, because it makes you feel fulfilled. And this whole summer is about that for me, this whole summer. You know, I went to England because I was, not because I was like, oh, you know, someone's going to think this is cool or like, I'm going to seem so, you know, worldly, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
I did it because I'm like, I need time away and I, I, and I need time to kind of like rest and take care of myself and I need a new environment. And that's why I did it. And everything I did when I was there was for that same reason. I'm like, I'm doing this because it makes me happy. I'm doing this because I'm interested. I'm doing this because I'm passionate. And by the end, and the same thing in Ukraine, I went to Ukraine because I wanted to do it for myself. I wanted to do it for myself. It made me happy. So those trips were so fulfilling and so amazing because there was, there was nothing at stake. I just really wanted to do those things because they would, they would make me happy and they made me very happy. And the other thing too, that came out of that was when I finally was doing things that made me feel happy. I could see things that weren't making me happy. One of which I, you know, was looking over a lot of my writing and a lot of my work over the past few weeks. And I was like, man, was I like asleep when I wrote this? This sucks. <laughs> this article sucks. This outline sucks. Like I wasn't creating work that I was proud of. I was just trying to get things done and push things forward. And I was pushing so hard and exhausting myself. And I wasn't even pushing anything that I was really proud of. And and I'm like, no, I, I want to slow down. And I want to focus on the quality of my work. I want to be a great writer. I want, I want people to read the things that I write and I want them to walk away with something. And it wasn't until I really, really, really forced myself to slow down and start focusing on things that would make me happy that I could see that, that I could see that. And again, women, it's hard for us to prioritize ourselves. It's hard for us to put ourselves first in these situations. And I've met so many amazing women who, who are questioning their worth because of another person or aren't sure what they want out of life, or they're afraid to pursue the things that are going to make them happy because they're like, well, I'm obligated to this other stuff. I'm obligated to my family. I'm obligated to my job. And the thing is like family, yes, you have an obligation there. Your job, probably some kind of obligation, but I want to, I want to say like, I understand I'm not trying to make light of any of those things because I know those obligations are real, but when it, but you know what? You really have a fucking obligation to yourself, your damn self, <laughs> the only person, the only person that you should, and, and I'll, I'll, let me explain before you're like, well, I have a child, Melissa, I can't just do this. Okay. Listen, the only person that you should have an obligation to making happy, making fulfilled, and making the best that they can possibly be is your goddamn self, is yourself, because you are the person that you're spending the rest of your life with, not your husband, not your child, you, and you're like, okay, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting someone to be like, are you serious? No, I'm spending my life with my husband, I'm spending my life with my children. Okay, you are, you are. But every minute and every moment of your life is spent with yourself. So if you are not happy, if you're angry, if you're bitter, if, you, if you're depressed and, and you're feeling like this and you're not doing anything to fix it, like really fix it, not pretend fix it, fix it and get to the root of the problem and fix it, you're not going to have like the best possible relationship with those people. Because, you, because you're not happy. And anyone in your life that really cares about you wants you to be happy and wants you to be fulfilled and really, really wants that. So let me step back from talking about serious commitments because I am not married and I don't have children. I only have an amazing dog. So I'm not going to go too far down that road because it's not my life experience. I don't want to go too far with that and have someone be like, you don't know what you're talking about because you're right. To an extent with that, I don't, okay? 
let me talk to the woman I know, which is the single woman that I know that is thinking a lot about men or women, whatever your preference is. Um, the woman that isn't making time to do things that make her feel alive and fulfilled, the one that's working herself to death, the one that doesn't believe in herself, the one that's looking at every other woman in the room and saying, I am I am the ugliest person here. I am the fattest woman here. I am the 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 worst woman here. You know, the one that, you know, and I, 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 I've done this personally, like you go out to a bar with somebody and you're with your really pretty friend and the guy comes up to you and talks to you and you're like, oh, he's definitely into her. Like he's into her, he's not into me at all. I just went, I, I just had this experience and I, I don't want to give too many specific details, but I just had this experience where, where I was with a guy and a girl and the guy I was really interested in, the girl was my friend and really pretty. And he was, he kept talking to her and I was like, oh man, like here it goes. Like he's me interested in her, like same song and dance, blah, blah. But then this like voice said to me, shut up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and actually be in the conversation and be in the moment. Who cares if he is not into you? At least enjoy the conversation that you're having with these people and get over yourself. And I did. And you know what? I was my my perception of that situation was wrong. But this is what happens. Like and this is my favorite thing that Bo Mumford has ever said to me. When you're in these situations and you've got this voice in your head telling you that you're that you're this and you're that and these bad things are going to happen and this it's you it's your brain lying to you. It's your brain lying to you. You're lying to yourself when you do that. You are trying to make yourself feel bad. You're trying to cut yourself down and there's a reason for that. What is the reason? Why are you sabotaging yourself? Why are you making yourself feel like this all the time? And 10 out of 10 times I'm willing to bet the reason that you do that is because you are not really happy with who you are because you're, because you're, you're faking it. You're faking it because you really care about how other people see you, which isn't a bad thing. But like, if you're ever going to be happy, you have to do things that make you happy. It sounds, it sounds so simple, but it's so true. And I wish I could go into more depth about this because I've, I've really been going through a lot of stuff that has made me realize that I do not think about my my genuine happiness the most and some things that I that I've done and I do are for ego they are to make me feel better and you know I don't I don't want to I don't want to live my life like that and since I've made that shift in my head I have felt so much better it's taken the pressure off of anybody else it's taken the pressure off of my friends it's taking pressure off my family it's taking pressure off of any potential dude to fill some gap because I'm like, I got to do this myself. I got to do this work myself. You know, I can't wait around for somebody else to tell me I'm valuable. I can't wait around for somebody else to tell me that I am worth it. It feels great when someone does, but at the end of the day, it's me. I got to do the work. And if you're listening to this and you're like, shit, she cut me to the bone. You got to do the work too. You have to do the work too. Do the work. After you're done listening to, after you're done listening to this, Sit down and make a list of things that genuinely make you happy that have nothing to do with anyone else. No one else, just you. What are those things? And then really look at your life, how you're living your life and what you're doing and say, if I had a choice, if I, if money wasn't an issue or anything else, what would I be doing with my life that would make me feel like I've done it? Okay. 
do that. Do that. And if you want to talk to me, I love talking to people about this stuff. If you want to talk to me, just like message me. As long as your motivations are good and you're talking to me because you want to have a open conversation about um, your goals and how you feel about yourself. If you need to talk to somebody like a therapist, do that. Because, again, I could just be pulling all this out of my ass. So I don't know. But, like, if you have a pretty good grasp on things and just, you're like, yeah, I need, you know, I, I, I want to bounce this off somebody, bounce it off me. But if you're like, hey, I'm really sad and I need to fix something and I'm depressed, then, like, please talk to a therapist. Um, and then just take, a look, just take a look at that. Just take a look at that when you're done. Take a look at that and see what it looks like. And then look at your life and say, what needs to change? What needs to change? I know this is kind of like a TED talk. I'm sorry. I wasn't really talking about my trip and my travel or anything. I just, I, I think just seeing so many women that I know do so well for themselves and be in real positions of power and strength, like inspired me to record this. And this isn't just for women. I'm sure there are guys too that could really benefit from this. But like, but like that is, that is one of the most critical things that I've learned in my entire life to this point is that whole mentality of vibes of revision. Like when you do something because you genuinely want to do it and it's not for ego or anything else, it feels really good to do it and you're giving off great vibes. But I call it for the lack of a, for lack of a better phrase, big dick energy. If you do something to get attention, you do something to like poke at somebody, you do something to like get dramatic about something or to, to anything like that, if, if you do that, then that is small, shitty dick energy. I'm sorry for the language again, but that's the only way to describe it um, that I have thought of. Uh, Amber hates when I, Amber hates that that's the only way to describe it. She's like, we call it something else. I'm like, nope, big dick energy, small, shitty dick energy. Those are the only options. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I will say that I have done something and I'm like, oh, I'm doing this for the right reason. I'm powerful and confident. Like I'm doing this to show that nobody can mess with me and blah, blah, blah. And like that I'm amazing. And I, and look at how amazing I am. It's just, it's that, that that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. You're bullshitting yourself. Like I can't think of the scenario. Like, mm, I can't give too many details about this because it's a personal experience someone of someone else's. But um, a friend of mine was going through uh, a weird time with a guy and and <laughs> there was this coffee shop that he liked to go to. And one day she was like, oh, let's go get coffee. And I'm like, okay, um, where do you want to go? And she's like, well, I want to go to this coffee shop. And I, I knew that this guy liked to go to this coffee shop or that they had gone before together. And I was like, are, are are you wanting to go there because he's going to be there? And she's like, no, I love that coffee shop. They have my favorite coffee, Melissa. Like it has nothing to do with him. And, and you know what? Like, like if I, I'm, I'm going to go drink coffee wherever I want to. And that's my prerogative. And I'm like, yeah, it is your prerogative, but do me a favor. If we're going to go to this coffee shop, like if you're going to make me go to this coffee shop, at least admit that you're full of shit. At least, at least tell me that you know you're full of shit. Because you think that this person's going to be there and that we might run into him. And if that's if that's what we're doing, that's fine. But tell me that you at least know that you're doing that. And she was like, okay, fine. I'm full of shit. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I just want to know that you know that. And I've, I've done that too. Where I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm, I, you know, I'm doing it just because I'm being nice. Like, I'm texting this person because I just want to see how they are. I just want to like... <sighs> 
compliment them. I just want to like tell them this. And every single time I've been like, oh, that I was full of shit. And so, oh, I wasn't expecting to share this in the podcast. God, now I've backed myself into a corner. I have to tell you this story now. Um, I won't say when exactly it was, but it was recent that I was talking to someone that I, that I used to date. And when I say date, I mean like, so it wasn't that recent. I don't want to make it sound like it was yesterday. It wasn't that recent, but it was less than six months ago. I'll say less than six months ago. Um, there was this guy who, uh, I dated who I was very much in love with, like, like to, to it, probably an unhealthy extent that I was really into this guy. And I have always kind of kept him in, in, in like, uh, my, my view, you know, I've always like kept, kept him like, it's like looking in the rear of your mirror every five seconds to make sure that that like, you know, thing is still in your backseat or, or whatever. And that's always what I did. And I always said like, oh, well, you know, I'm just doing this because we're friends. I'm just doing this because we have a strong connection. I'm just doing this. And all these reasons that I was just always keeping him close. And the thing was, like, he wasn't even trying to stay close. He was, like, like out of reach. And that's something that always makes it so appealing. Out of reach, unattainable, uninterested. And because of that, I think, um, I... It, I it, 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 got, it got to be, like, this kind of, like... Like, no, I have to keep, I'm, I'm going to keep him, keep him close. And, 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 and I would, I would go through these stages every couple of years where, or a couple of months where like I would text him and it would always be something innocent. Like, oh, like, did you see this movie? Or like, I heard the song and thought of you. Or like, you know, I have a question. Or like, can you read this essay that I wrote? It was always things like that. And I always had an excuse of why I had to ask him or why I had to tell him. There was always an excuse but the underlying, under all the bullshit, the truth was, I just didn't let it go. I just couldn't let it go, partially ego and and not wanting to fail, like not wanting to completely give up on this person. And the other part of it was because I still had feelings for him and I just couldn't admit it. I just couldn't admit it. I was so ashamed. Um, so in this time, in this recent time period, less than six months ago, um, I, I went through a cycle again where I like messaged him and I was like, oh, like we should grab coffee or like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, can I have recommendations on this? And like the same old bullshit, but something felt different to me. And I think what it was, I was so tired of putting myself through this, like so tired of having hope and so tired of the anticip like what what the part that used to be really exciting was like waiting for him to answer like was he gonna say anything was he gonna talk to me and and instead of being like having this like fun tension it just made me really sad and I felt really bad about myself and I got really emotional and I was like why why am I doing this to myself and I always got so mad at him like like oh you know you you hurt me and now you can't even answer a text message or like, does it, you know, does it really take someone three days to answer an email? And then I realized, I was like, you're doing this to yourself. You're doing this to yourself and you've been doing this to yourself. And what I wanted to do was delete the email that I had sent him. I wanted to delete every text message I had sent him. I wanted to, I wanted to do that. I wanted to erase it and and make it so it had never happened and not look at it and not feel ashamed of it. Instead, 
I messaged him and I said, and I, I won't say like word for word, but I said, but what I said was, I've realized that I have continued to talk to you because I have not let go of you. And, and I'm sorry if it has ever made you feel uncomfortable or confused or annoyed. That's on me. I'm sorry. And what he said in response was that I didn't need to apologize and that he felt that holding a torch was romantic, but not the best use of my time. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. Damn. Um, And, but he also said that, you know, he was like, if you, you know, I don't think that you have to stop communicating with me as long as you can be honest about your motivations and not invest in me in the present emotionally. And I was like, oh my God, like the most gutting response anyone could give. I was like, oh my God, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed of like myself. I'm like, oh God, like he feels sorry for me. And, but, and when he said that, when he said that, like, you know, you, you shouldn't be afraid to talk to me if you want to, if you feel pulled to, you should, you should talk to me as long as you can be honest with yourself. And, and for a moment, for a moment, there was that like hopeful, like, oh, oh, like he's, he's, he gave me a a crack in the door. I'm going to like kick my foot through it. And then I read it again and I was like, how many times have I, have I done that? Have I seen the crack in the door and, and said, oh, okay, the door is still open. And, and it, and I, I didn't want to, but I was like, I answered and I said, you know, um, thanks. Like I appreciate the response. And I said, I, for some reason have never been able to be honest about my motivations with this, but I do know that I tend to be very stubborn and when I really want something, I don't give up on it. So I don't think that I will ever be able to check my motivations. And because of that, I'm going to try really hard not to talk to you again. And it sucked. Oh my God, it sucked. I told, I told Jen that I said that and she was like, like, we were just like talking about this kind of stuff the other day and I told her I said that and she was like, you said that to him? I'm like, yeah. And then I did not delete the message. I left it in like my inbox. So anytime I thought about talking to him, which honestly, after that, I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't want to talk to him. I think I was too embarrassed. Um, (laughs) but like, but like, but instead of like hiding it and, and being like, okay, cool. That's over. I'm fine. Like, I'm like, no, like you haven't been fine with it. You, you haven't let it go. Anytime you could think about talking to him, I want you to see the last thing that you said to him. And the last thing you said to him was that you weren't going to talk to him anymore. And I want you to feel that shame, girl. I want you to feel that shame. And I want you to just, just face, like, face your feelings. And I think when I finally did face my feelings and check my, mo- and really check my motivations, I was like, there is something that I am missing in my life that I, for some reason, think that this person has. And he does not have it. And that's not a slight against him. But, like, whatever gap I'm looking to fill, whatever reason I'm so fixated on this, I need to figure out what that is. And I need to do that for myself because for some reason I have not been able to do that. Um, and man, that it sucks. It sucks. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like 
someone that like you really like and that you <laughs> don't want to like embarrass yourself in front of can you imagine saying that to them and having them be like oh well shit that's really sad like <laughs> god it was so embarrassing I was so embarrassed I was so embarrassed but you know what like it was really really fucking good for me it was so good for me to like air it out and be like you know what here I am vulnerable here I am honest and I couldn't hide from myself anymore I refused. I refused. I took that version of myself and I said, okay, you look at what you've done and don't, we're not going to do this anymore because I'm going to make you feel this pain. And damn, yeah. And that right now, that is a very good example of basically what I'm doing in my life right now. I am looking at the painful stuff. I'm looking at the uncomfortable, awkward stuff and saying, you look at that. Don't, don't let your ego get in the way. Don't run away. Don't get, get upset. Don't blame somebody else. You look at this mess that you've made, or you look at this area of your life where you're unhappy, or you look at this mistake and you look at it in the face and don't you dare, don't you dare run away from it because it's the only way to get over it is to get through it. And this is what we're going to do. And it's been very empowering for me. So, (laughs) so that's kind of all I have to say. I, I know this was a particularly long podcast, but I think it's probably one of my better ones. Um, so if you listen to this, message me and be like, hey, this was great. Or, hey, oh, my God, this was not great. Or, oh, my God, you must be so embarrassed. Um, yeah, but just but just really think about that. Like, think about the areas of your life that you're, like, hiding from and really look at those things and, and bring them out. Bring the skeletons out and, and make them dance. But, all right, my lunch break's almost over, so I have to go. Uh, but as always... Thanks for listening. Um, I will probably record another podcast when I'm either at my dad's cabin next weekend or when I'm in New York because I'm going to be in New Yorker for six weeks. Um, Cool. All right. Bye, guys.